Welcome to the Future Belongs to Creators. I'm your host, Nathan Berry. I'm the CEO at ConvertKit, and I'm joined by my co-host, Barrett Brooks. He's the COO here at ConvertKit, and we're on a mission to help creators earn a living. This show is about turning anxious energy into creative output during times of uncertainty. And we're live. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 12 of The Future Belongs to Creators. Barrett has a special dance going for you today. We're excited. Hopefully, you're excited. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Nathan Barry, and with me is Barrett Brooks. Uh, Barrett, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Oh, you're, you're chewing. You're mid-food. Oh, man. No, I just ate, you know, a little chocolate. It was, it was lunch dessert, you know? Nice. Resource of the day, prematurely, coconut dark chocolate. This isn't my resource of the day, but that's what I was just eating. <laughs> Anyways, I started my day red, I would say. I slept at most in 90-minute chunks last night, and Portland is doing its weather thing that is typical for the spring, which is like quite dreary. And, um, you know, it just all got to me this morning. It was like, bah, humbug. I don't want anything to do with this day. But I've had a couple of great meetings, had a meeting with you earlier, had a meeting with our leadership team today. And now I'm feeling in this moment, I would say I'm green. My belly is full. I've got some chocolate. Like we're recording live. Yeah. How are you doing? That's quite the turnaround. I know. I'm impressed. A lot can happen in four hours or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, sleep makes all the difference. So yeah. Um, How am I doing? I'm green as well. Like the leadership team meeting was really fun. Um, Just retro on the first quarter since today is April 1st. By the way, we're not doing any April Fool's Fool's jokes. Can we just make sure like somebody posted uh, that the NCAA had postponed the college football season because of COVID. And I clicked into it and it was like April fools. And I was like, I do not like you. <laughs> it's not funny. You know, we're fragile right now. We're fragile. You don't need yeah. any of that. I saw a similar one. Some Lakers fan feed on Twitter tweeted that, uh, the star point guard for the Portland trailblazers was battling with the front office in Portland to get traded to the Lakers. And I was like, that is, n- that is not true. I know that's not true. And then they got me. Like I started reading the comments and then I saw that, that our point guard had retweeted it and just said, do you know what day this is? And I was like, what is happening right now? And it took me about, I don't know, 20 minutes to finally oh, be no. like, oh, okay. That's not right. You know, I am fragile. Stop that. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. That's why we won't be doing any April Fool's jokes. Um, but yeah, so I guess to wrap that up, I'm green. Uh, maybe to bring that from green to yellow, let's uh, check in on some numbers and what's going on in the pandemic world. Oh boy. <laughs> Here we go. I actually haven't opened this up today at all. I know yesterday the New York Times said we had over 20,000 new cases in the US. Okay. Yeah. So 203,000 total in the US now. 911,000 worldwide. Sometime in the next couple of days, we'll be at double Italy, which is second place. Mm. So I haven't watched it, but people were saying that, uh, I guess Trump had like a two hour address last night mm-hmm. that was very like level setting, like finally take this seriously. Yeah. Um, it was and basically I, like here, we're coming clean. Right. So yeah, I'm kind of curious how the stock market and everything is going to react. 
I haven't looked at that today either. Okay, we're down a bit. Down the Dow is down a thousand points. I think it's already kind of incorporated most of what's likely to be true. So anyways, the situation's bad and it's a great chance for us to send you our regular reminder. Stay inside. Don't go anywhere unless you have to. I love this. Um, it's actually more creator centric, but um, my friend Matthew, who is a, a UX designer by background and runs a organization we both believe in called New Story Charity, shared this tweet about the importance of language and design for communicating messages. And one of them was a shelter in place. And one of them was stay at home, get groceries once a week. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a really powerful exercise in messaging and how clear the second one is in terms of what it means right. and how unclear shelter in place is if you're not familiar with the term. So what I'll say is stay at home, get groceries once a week, because I think that's clear about what everyone needs to do to keep this thing on a better track than it could be. Yeah, I totally agree. And that clarity of messaging is really good. And, you know, you even see that where people, they've started to shift from social distancing as a phrase to physical distancing. And you're like, oh, oh, okay, that is more clear. I already felt socially distant, you know, right. <laughs> you know or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting, as we've always said, well, always, for the last 11 episodes, as we've said, uh, this is going to go for a long time. And so, you know, see where that is. One thing that I throw out there, we mentioned this briefly yesterday, but it seems like everything's moving quickly, is if you run a business, which I think many of, uh, many of people listening in do, like look into the, the loan programs that are coming out. Um, that really seems like something that's going to come and go really quickly. Uh, but basically you can take your own payroll, which I believe includes you, you know, as the business owner taking a draw there and, uh, potentially not only can you get a loan for it, but under the right circumstances, the loan will be forgiven. Um, so look into that. That's something that the first, I believe the applications can go in on Friday. So in just two days, and so at least read about it because it would be a shame to find out later that you would have been eligible and, uh, you know, you just missed the timing on it. Yeah, that's right. And then um, there's also a number of states passing provisions for uh, contractors, freelancers and business owners to apply for unemployment as well. So just as a resource, if you um, if you've completely lost your income, uh, some states are starting to make provisions for that, too. Yep, sounds good. Well, let's dive into our topic. Yeah. Speaking of messaging, uh, how's that for a parlay from um, coronavirus talk into our topic? What's our topic today? So we're talking about how to incentivize people to, you know, visitors to your landing page to actually join your list. So this could be on your landing page. It could be an opt-in form or something like that. You know, we're scrolling through through a blog post, you know, or I click through to a landing page and you're like, hey, join my email list. And as a visitor, I'm like, no, Why? And what we're getting into today is actually how you're making that a compelling pitch, how you incentivize it, what you should offer, um, and diving into all of that. So yesterday was about actually building building the landing page, and we just had a simple coming soon page. But now we can get into you know what types of things you might offer on there. Yeah, I love that. And I think um, before we really dive in on this, I just want to kind of step back and set the stage for where we are with email as a tool for creators today, because it's been around forever. And the number of times people have said email's about to die has been infinite. Yep. And what we're finding is one, I think people are more protective of their email addresses today than they were at one time in the past. And so they really want to make sure that they're only getting content that they really want. 
The great thing is that if you're listening to this show, you almost certainly subscribe to the same thing we do, which is that permission-based marketing is much more effective than just spamming people, obviously. And on our platform, we don't let people do that. So really focusing on people who want to hear from you still works. And to back that up, email is bigger than ever before in terms of the amount of revenue it drives, the number of subscribers that exist on people's lists. You know, we kind of track on our back end how many subscribers exist across all of the different lists on our platform. And it grows so fast. It's one of the things mm-hmm. that we most have to pay attention to is to make sure that we stay out in front of it because so many people subscribe to email lists today. And then we also get to track the amount of revenue that creators make because of email. And so much revenue is being driven through email messaging that it's without a doubt still one of the best ways, uh, if not the best way to turn casual readers or listeners or viewers of your content into active raving fans who will want to buy the things that you make. So I just want to kind of set that as the stage that this stuff still matters quite a bit. And it might be one of the most powerful ways you can really go from, I have this hobby to I'm making a living from this thing. Yeah. So just to put some specific numbers to that. So we have 28,000 paying customers at ConvertKit. Um, we've got across all of that, last time I looked, about 125 million unique subscribers across all of those, right? Unique email addresses. And then the the final number that's interesting is all of those 28,000 customers have driven about $650 million worth of sales that are tracked across ConvertKit. So if you're looking at that, not only are there a huge number of people to reach, but also actually the the average revenue per subscriber across the platform is really quite high. So we're seeing that email is you know growing a lot as a channel and it's driving significant revenue. I love that. Okay. So what we want to do is we're going to do kind of two parts today. We're going to pick up where we left off yesterday and we're going to show you inside of ConvertKit and also narrate it for all of you listening on audio, how to add something as what we call an opt-in incentive. And so when when we say opt-in incentive, it sounds like a very industry jargony kind of thing, but everything's got to have a name. And all it is, is some kind of digital file or download that you give to someone only if they subscribe to your email address. And we've built ConvertKit to be really easy to, you can do this in any platform to be sure, but we built ConvertKit to make it really easy so that when someone subscribes to your form, they automatically, the first email they get is the opt-in incentive or the digital download, if you want to think of it that way. Uh, And it's really simple. So Nathan's going to open that up for us. And then the second part of the show is going to be running through some different types of creators. So a podcaster, an author, a musician, and sharing some ideas from us on the kinds of things you might give to new subscribers and order to incentivize them to join your email list and make that valuable for them. Yeah. So let's dive right back in. Um, I'm screen sharing again. Now this is our fly fishing guide from yesterday. Uh, the first thing is let's say that Barrett, you had put together a simple PDF. We don't have this made right now, but, um, let's say we had done that, that you want to give to everyone when they opt in. And that's probably one of the most common things of like, give me a downloadable of some kind. So what we find is that when you want to do that, we call that an incentive email right? So we're incentivizing someone to join the list. And so if you jump over here, then what you're going to have is when you edit this email contents, we could say who it's from, it'll default to whatever's in your account. And it starts out by saying like, you know, you got to confirm your subscription in order to join the list. That's the default content. Um, But we might change that and say, you know, here's your free guide. You know, we come up with better copy about uh, 
like getting you out in the river, getting you out fishing, all of that. But then we can just change this text right here to say, uh, download the guide. And I might just let people know, like it's a PDF. So they, when they click it, they, they know what to happen. Sometimes if you're clicking something and expecting it to open a link and then like a file starts downloading, you're like, Oh God, what did I do? But if you say like download the guide and, and specify a PDF, it kind of sets expectations. And of course you can fill this out more. Um, you'd obviously sign this Barrett fly fishing master. <laughs> uh, and then we can close out of that. And then what we would do is just right here, when they click that link, uh, it's going to send them, you know, by default to this, just confirm subscription page. And what we want to do instead is to a download and then we'll hit choose file and upload that PDF. So that's the most basic way of when somebody opts into the list, getting them to download and give, giving them a free offer. And this is a great next step. So, you know, we kind of built this landing page, the flyfishing.ck.page page, if you want to go check that out, uh, as a pre-launch page almost. Like I have this idea that I'm launching. I want to see if people would be interested. Well, if I created a download, and so maybe this would be like a guide to the Deschutes River or the upper Deschutes River, which is a river in Oregon. Uh, maybe I'm going to give that one away for free so that people will subscribe. And I needed some time to make that. So I started with the pre-launch page, but now I have a download. I'm going to want to actually go back and update my page so that it's specific. Hey, if you subscribe now, you'll get this guide. So you'd update the button. Um, Nathan just updated the button on the um, on the landing page to say, download the free guide. And so that gives them a little bit of a taste. It's aligned with what they're going to get from you on an ongoing basis. And that's a really important point. You're not giving them some random thing from across the internet. You want to give them something that's really related to what they're going to get from you on an ongoing basis so that it feels like one cohesive stream of content coming their way once they subscribe. Um, so we'll get into examples about that in a minute. The really cool thing about what happens when you add this download into ConvertKit the way we just showed you is we strongly suggest when you're building an email list that you require double opt-in. And what double opt-in means is the first opt-in is someone puts their email address into the form. So that's the first indicator that they want to hear from you. But the second indicator that they want to hear from you is that they open your email and click a button. This will decrease the total number of subscribers on your list compared to just letting them straight through, but it will increase your ability to get your emails delivered to their inboxes because it reduces the number of spam and bot signups, which can get you into a little bit of hot water with the, the inbox providers who could prevent your messages from getting there or send them to spam. So what we do is we automate that process of the opt-in email, which is that second piece of the double opt-in. And in the email, there's a button to say, yes, confirm my subscription. That button also downloads the free thing. So instead of making it a separate step or clunky or anything like that, they're taking the action they were already going to take anyways. And they have a really good reason to, because they want the free thing you said you were going to give them. Uh, so it's a very effective way to incentivize that double opt-in and to keep a clean list along the way. So I hope you take advantage of that. Yep. That's good. Um, one other thing that one change that I would make, uh, to this page as well is I'd go over to the thank you page and on that, right. Cause that's where they're going to be redirected immediately after they hit the, uh, you know, hit submit. And I would take them to the page that says like, Hey, check your email. The, the guide is in your inbox, you know, and let them know to go look right there. So it's just a little bit of a copy change on that. Thank you page. And you can still have the upgrade button, you know, to let them know to purchase the full thing or, whatever your other call to action is, um, but let them know where the guide is. That also helps train people that uh, the valuable content is actually in the email. 
And that's something that I want to talk about in kind of this other format that you can do of, um, giving away like with an opt-in incentive, a common thing is to have a downloadable, right? A worksheet, a PDF, um, an ebook, a guide, any of those things. Another one that you can do is to have a free email course. So we would call this a sequence. And this is basically a few emails delivered over time. I'd like to give you an idea of one that I did years ago. This is actually the very early days of ConvertKit. I did one called Mastering Product Launches. And what this was is just seven to 10 emails spread out over 30 days of these lessons coming out bit by bit. And you could do a daily email for seven days, you know, a weekly email for four weeks, you know, any of these things that you want. But basically what it is, is it's training people that the valuable content is in your emails and you're just showing up consistently on the schedule that you said you were going to. And what, you know, what that does is get people the great content. And then also the thing that I like about it is if you operate well under deadlines, you can launch this before you've written the full course, right? Because the rest of the emails and the sequence can come out gradually over time, you know, on that cadence. So it might be that, okay, it's live. The first email, like, you know, lesson one of our four-part series is out there and being sent to subscribers. And then I have, you know, six days until the next lesson needs to be out in order to write it and, and perfect it, get it proofread and everything. So it can be a way to launch faster. Yeah. I'll share a, an example of this from my own site. I write about a variety of topics, but one of them is just building quality relationships. And so, um, I had this article on how to have more meaningful conversations. It kind of goes through basically how to create space for people to open up and share who they are, what they're about, and just dive a little bit below that kind of like uh, annoying social layer that we all have to get through of small talk. And at the bottom I added, I think it's still here, a form basically to get an email course. So I created this email course on meaningful conversations, and it's essentially a guide for someone to host a dinner party or event that goes deeper than just that small talk layer. And so I wrote one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight emails here, and they go out over the course of a month. And the idea is that the first five or six lead up to hosting a dinner party or hosting a gathering of friends and gives you kind of a template for what you're going to get, who you're going to invite to attend, what kind of food you're going to make, sending invitations, um, intros, all of that. And just guides you basically to here's how to do this thing that I talked about in the article. And so that's a really effective thing. If you have extra content, maybe it didn't belong in the article, or if you just have kind of like a step-by-step that someone could follow, it can be a really effective way to get people to subscribe. The one thing I'll say is that there was this fad phase, a little bit of a fad phase, where people started making a specific opt-in for every single article they wrote. Mm-hmm. In my personal opinion of what we found from that experiment was that yes, it does increase conversions, and it creates an absolute mess on the back end in terms of managing your email subscribers and also just knowing what people want from you. The really great thing about having a united, so if you think about an article, it's a really specific topic, right? But your site, your topic overall for your business, whether you're a musician or a blogger or an author or whatever, is much broader than just this one article or this one song. And so what you want to give away is the thing that most represents the highest level of your work. And so like one thing, one ebook that I have um, that really worked well for me was the 10 things that separate people who become high performing professionals in their twenties. 
And so this was kind of like, I had an audience at the time that was young professionals. This was zooming out to what's the highest level of thing that everyone that reads my site is going to care about. We're at our last business fizzle. We had the top 10 mistakes in starting an online business because that's relevant to everyone that was going to read our site. So thinking about what the implications are of what you give away is important too. And you don't want to create this massive entanglement of stuff that you have to deal with on the back end. So if you can zoom out to one thing that you give away to everyone, at least to start with, I think that'll, that'll teach you a lot about what people want from you. Yep. And if you're in that position now, if you've created a ton of different opt-in incentives and you're giving away a lot of things, start to look at which ones are performing better. Like the reason that you did that was to get this data. And yes, for this article, it's performing better. You have a higher conversion rate. Now take a step back and reevaluate that. See if you can trim out some of those that are dated, maybe replace it with a more general call to action that's going to serve more people. Because we do run, run across a lot of customers who have have created a big mess for themselves that's a bit too confusing to understand. And and so we do recommend that they trim that back. Kind of the next area that we wanted to dive into was coming up with some ideas for specific industries, right? We serve a wide variety of creators. And so I just want to run through a few of these. Maybe we'll trade off. We'll take the first one of an author. So it's like, what would an author want to do as uh, as an opt-in incentive? And probably the one that I've done the most is a sample chapter for the book that's coming up of you probably, if you wrote a proposal and you're going traditionally published, you had to write that sample chapter anyway. Um, It's usually something that has that hook in there. And so I would give that away. I would do that after the first thing that I would do is I would just do a coming soon page for the book and say, be the first to sign up to hear when it's available, right? Because you can get that out today. And then the next step that I would do is to do give away that sample chapter as a PDF or you break it up into a few emails in an email sequence. Yep. I love that. Okay. The next one would be a podcaster. And so this is obviously relevant for us. There's so many things you can do when you're a podcaster, but again, I go back to what's your topic. So for us right now, and for my last show that I did the fizzle show, we are speaking to creators about how to build a business successfully and how to build something for the long term. specifically during this period of time, it's how to turn anxiety into creative output. So something that we might do based on what we've done on the show so far is maybe like a, um, a 72 hour course launch template mm-hmm. or a 90 minute template for creating a piece of content. So something that's like an episode that we've done or are planning to do, but it breaks it down into a how to that someone could, cause they're not going to listen, right? They're not going to go back and listen to that whole episode about how to launch right. a course in 72 hours. But if we did a little three pager, your guide to day one with a full schedule, you know, with like meals and everything in it, and then day two, and then day three, that could be a really effective way for us to say, Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, and this is something that you're really focused on right now, go download. Because the thing is a lot of people are going to subscribe to your podcast, not through your email list. It's going to be through iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or YouTube. And you want them on your email list because you own the audience when they're your email list. Whereas on one of these platforms, you can't get back in touch. You just want a chance to get back in touch. So this is a way to do that, to convert them from listener to email subscribers. So you can be in touch with new content and new offerings. So that's probably what I do there. I'll echo that. When I wrote the book authority and you know, it sold really well. One thing I had different packages that had different things. And you know, the bottom package was just the book and the higher packages had videos and worksheets and other things. And the most popular thing in one of the higher packages was a 90-day launch plan. It was a worksheet that took you through what to do, like 90 days back from your launch. This is what you should do all the way through. And people absolutely love that worksheet. 
So, you know, honestly, if we were doing one for this show right now, which we're not going to because we have day jobs, um, but I would do something like a worksheet on how to make sure that your business is set up for success during a pandemic, during an economic downturn, and let people run through that checklist and just break it down. Not a long article, but in this case, you know, a worksheet, maybe it has a Google sheet or something dynamic attached to it. So you can run some calculators, but just something really tangible and practical to dive into. So I want to highlight a little bit of a different podcast example, which would be like a non-businessy one. Cause I think a lot of times that's kind of our background and we can get right. stuck in that. So I, I created this example podcast and there's actually one called this. So I don't want to take away from their kind of deal, but I, I made one up called the upside down. That would be like a fan show for, um, stranger things. Sorry. I blanked there for a minute. Blame it on the baby. Um, so if you were running something like that, it's more like a fan show or a crime drama or, or that kind of show, something I might do if I were running this hypothetical upside down podcast is write like a 10 page alternative ending to season one of stranger things. And so, or maybe it's an audio, you know, maybe it's like a, a audio narrated alternative ending and you replace the last episode with stranger of stranger things with a 15 minute audio stranger things final episode. And so now it's like, Oh, I got to hear that. Cause what if it changed this in this other way and all of the implications of that. And so you can get creative with it. You know, it doesn't just have to be like a blueprint. It can be something highly relevant regardless of what the topic of your show is. Yep. That's good. So our next example is a musician uh, on this one. I want to sh- share something that really applies to any of them. And that is to go behind the scenes. Even taking uh, Tim McGraw, he's a ConvertKit customer. If he were to have an opt-in incentive, right? He can't quite do his latest single because that's out for everybody. Uh, and he's trying to hit, you know, on the billboard charts and, and all these things. He wants to spread that as far as possible. But what he could do is have a behind the scenes thing, right? What's the, the studio session of when he recorded that? What's him and one of his producers talking through Okay, what went into this? What were some early drafts of the song? Like, okay, I'm a huge fan. Give me the insight. Give me behind the scenes of the process. And that's what I would do of whether it's a video or audio recordings or something like that as a musician to show behind the scenes. Even like a five, 10 minute video, I think would be a fantastic incentive. Yeah, almost like a documentary of bringing one song to life. Justin Timberlake does a really good job of this on Instagram kind of hyping new songs that are coming by showing behind the scenes of him in the studio with his collaborator. And so something like that could be really effective or even just like a living room acoustic recording of one of your songs that's not right. available publicly. And so giving something exclusive that feels special to your fans on your email list. Okay, the next one is an athlete. Athletes are this growing body of, of creators for us because more and more athletes are realizing that you have to have a second career plan. You know, you might make a lot of money up front, but if you're not taking care of your money and not making plans for what to do next, you can end up in a bad spot, even though you had a great athletic career. And so when I think about this, it's interesting because athletes think of themselves as athletes, but their online presence is often very similar to some of these other things we've talked about. So they might become a blogger or an author or a podcaster. It's kind of like their secondary thing. An example of this would be, um, I'm an NBA fan, so I apologize for the basketball references, but CJ McCollum, who's a, a shooting guard for the Portland Trailblazers has a podcast called the pull up pod, and it's co-hosted by more of a media person, but they interview other athletes, other players. They talk about the league. They have all of this kind of thing. And so he could do something like a, um, 
my 10 insights for the 2020-2021 season following the pandemic or something like that, or like 10 things I expect to change about the NBA following this craziness. And another one is like Simone Biles. She is now an author. And so she's on her book tour and everything. Maybe she could give recording, a behind the scenes kind of recording about making the book and how she worked with the person who actually did the writing day to day, something like that. So again, the behind the scenes things work or something that you're uniquely positioned to know about your sport or topic uh, that other people might not know. And they want to hear your perspective on it. Yeah, that's good. Another one that comes up a lot for us as people kind of cross this, these lines is a chef, right? You have a lot of these, these chefs that we think of very much as creators and they have some of the best documentaries. They've got some, I I just think of chef's table on Netflix and, and all of these great shows and content. And then you also have it, right? They're naturally going to take a step into a cookbook or they're naturally going to take a step into some of these other things behind the scenes applies really, really well here, any other form of content, but like a very simple thing to do would be to share like five favorite recipes, you know, and that would be where you'd start maybe before you're as famous, like getting some of that content out there. But then if someone is starting to be really famous and they have more of this content that, you know, I'm following them, do a bit of content on what it was like to shoot that episode of, you know, some better known TV show or what it was like, what's the behind the scenes of actually creating a cookbook? Yeah. Like this is the polished version. This is what's on the blog. And like, oh yeah, I cooked the recipe. It's perfect every time. Like show us the human side behind it of here's the 37 iterations. Like don't show us every step, but of what it took to get to a polished recipe. Yeah. Like that's something that I would love to opt in for and would check out. Totally. There's another, uh, in Portland, there's a lot of great chefs right now doing things like Instagram live videos about how they do their recipes or how they make cocktails. And so I kind of think of like mixologist cocktail type people in this category too. So if you're that kind of person, you could do an exclusive video. That's like how to make the perfect old fashioned or something like that, where you're getting your recipe might already be live, but now you're going to get me making it with you and you can kind of watch it as you make it from home. Um, that's another way that you could do that. Yeah. Okay. Two more here. Uh, filmmaker, photographer, this one's, um, I'm not going to say it's simple, but for me, I would think of something like a photo pack that's exclusive just to subscribers, you know, like a beautiful series. Maybe it's on location for one shoot, or maybe it's like high level series of, um, if you're a videographer, B-roll, or maybe it's just like landscapes if you're a photographer, something that you can't just get out there on Unsplash or in my my public collection and that I'm going to let you use as your wallpapers, or maybe it's like even a printable version that you could get printed and framed to hang on your wall or something like that. So if I'm a filmmaker or photographer, I'm going to do one of two things. I'm going to give you an exclusive piece of art that you can't get elsewhere that really aligns with my style. Or I'm going to, again, go behind the scenes, how I got the shot, you know, me and my blind trying to get a shot of a animal somewhere out in the wild and like the leeches that I had to peel off of me or something like that Yep, as a story about how I got to the photo. Yeah, that's good. I would also do like social media, wallpapers, desktop backgrounds, some of those take, take some of those photos that may be a really expensive print to buy and bundle it up and say, okay, now you can have it as your iPhone wallpaper or your desktop background or something like that. Give a nice pack of that. Yeah. Something like a Lightroom preset or a Photoshop template or something like that for how you edit photos. That might be another good thing for aspiring photographers. So yeah, 
That's good. So basically the thing is, I mean, we gave a huge, huge range of examples here. So you can target or you can create an incentive that's really quite the range. And so what I would do as a next step there is get out a notepad and just brainstorm all the things that you could offer. And if it would help, say, okay, I can't think of any here. Maybe you get to three items on the list and then take a step back and go, okay, if I were a musician, what would I do? Like pretend to be some other type of artist because it's often easy to say, well, I have no idea what I would do, but Barrett, I have a million ideas for what you could do for your audience. And so you can kind of step into that mindset, write down those ideas. There's no bad ideas in that brainstorming phase. And then from there, what you can do is start to highlight the ones like, okay, this makes sense. Um, we figured out the format. I figured out what I'm going to share. And then here's something like how I can make it more useful or valuable for my audience. Love it. Um, let's get into creators and resources of the day. Sounds good. We need a little jingle. It needs to be like, <laughs> creators of the day. Um, and it's now going to be that. And I'm terrified of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you go first. Well, maybe I'll just, uh, I'll do a new version every day for a week and then we'll see which one we like the best. Um, there you go. Anyways, I am not going to screen share because I'm having a hard time getting uh, the site to load, which uh, maybe I'll text him about later. But um, my creator of the day is Baron Quadro. Here, I'll share his Instagram feed with you. Baron is a friend. He's been a longtime customer of ConvertKit. He is a men's style blogger. This is his Instagram feed. He does a, you know, he's got a nice tile layout and everything and does a good combination. One of my favorite things he does is layering for fall and winter, which can be a hard thing for men, especially, I feel like. I personally believe that fashion is a wonderful topic for building self-confidence and just kind of expressing your personality. So that's one of the reasons I love him. But my favorite thing on Instagram that he's doing right now is he does these stories each day where you can dress him as you move through it. And so it'll be like, tap here to add the sweater. Oh, now he has a sweater. Tap here to add my beanie. And I just thought this was a really engaging and fun way to show people how to build an outfit that goes really well together that keeps you engaged throughout the whole thing. So anyways, shout out to Baron today. Love it. Um, I'm going to keep things in the same community and I'm going to go with Krista Stryker. So Krista runs a site called 12 Minute Athlete. Uh, let me screen share that as it's coming up. Um, and also also show her Instagram. We'll go with Instagram first. Um, so she has all kinds of great stuff on, on Instagram, but she's basically doing high intensity interval training, uh, workouts and sharing them on Instagram. She's got the same thing going with Instagram stories of different workouts that you can do and recommendations there. And so like, you can just flip through her Instagram stories and come up with a time workout. I don't know. Oh, here's her site. Um, so she's been a friend for a long time. She does a ton of great content and, uh, you can check her out 12 minuteathletecom especially as you're stuck at home. These don't require any equipment or anything like that. Exactly. A uh, fun fact, we did the mastermind episode a couple episodes back and both Baron and Krista at various points have been part of that mastermind group. So we're really close to both of them. I also dropped a link in the chat that we'll include in the show notes uh, for where you can watch short documentaries about both of them. It's really cool to kind of see how they earn their living and how their business has grown over time. So if you want to check that out, you can. All right, resources of the day. The doc just says, You'll see. <laughs> I wish, I'm like, what, what is Barrett going okay, to Okay, so here? at home right now, cooking, obviously, is how most of us are getting our food. And uh, my favorite thing for cooking, it's the original nonstick cast iron skillet. 
Oh, cast iron. This Lodge cast iron skillet is maybe 30 bucks. It's like one of the cheapest pans you can get anywhere. It is nonstick if you keep it seasoned, which is a thing you might have to read a little bit about. And uh, so sturdy, and it cooks amazing stuff from meats to veggies to everything. Two sites you might check out that are um, great for cast iron cooking. Uh, I mentioned her, I think before, Andrea Bimis. Mm-hmm of digging up the dirt, the the farmer that we buy our produce from and uh, minimalist baker, a couple of our friends have some great recipes for cast iron skillets, but the real resource of the day, if you're going to have a cast iron skillet, you need to clean it properly and you can't use soap and you can't leave it wet. And so I found this from a really cool creator company called love it sundries. It is cast iron conditioner that has sea salt, coconut oil, flaxseed oil, and castor oil. And so when you clean it, it both scrubs with the sea salt and it conditions the uh, cast iron so that when you heat it up to get the water off, it ends up nice and beautiful, which you can see on the stream right? where it's still nonstick. And so you don't have to separately condition it over and over. So anyways, Love It Industries cast iron conditioner is my resource of the day if you're cooking at home a lot and you enjoy cast iron. (sighs) That's good. I'm going to have to go out and buy that. The uh, pancakes that I ate for lunch today were cooked on a, a lodge cast iron skillet. The the shorter one, not the tall sides, but the one, you yeah. know, the short sides. But uh, yeah, highly recommended. All right. My resource is the game Hive. So Hillary and I, I've shared a couple of games, but Hillary and I have found that there aren't that many games that are just two player that are a lot of fun. And this one uh, is the tiny little pocket version of Hive. It's great for travel. It's a very complicated game in that it's very simple to learn. And you're like, oh, I learned how to win every time. And then you play against someone new who's played it and they just absolutely crush you with a new strategy. And you're like, okay, I know nothing. I will go back and and learn this. My kids also learned how to play it pretty well. They're very easy to beat at the game right now, but uh, I check it out. It's fun. It's, you know, 20 bucks or whatever. And uh, it's a great way to spend time together, you know, with whoever you're in quarantine with rather than just watching more Netflix. I can't wait until your kids get old enough to just whoop up on you in that game uh, and, and other uh, games. Yeah. It'll be fun to hear about. Um, yes. We didn't write down a closing thought, but here's my closing thought for you today. We're kind of in the thick of this thing now. I think this is for, for my family, this is our fourth week of being at home, not seeing friends, not really doing anything outside of the house other than grocery shopping. We're certainly feeling it. You know, I'm tired of my whole life being on Zoom, my workouts, my social hours, my work. I would suggest that you do something you really enjoy today. Take a break. Don't work all afternoon. Go outside. If you enjoy gardening, maybe do something in the garden. If you enjoy reading, read a book, just a chapter. Just take an hour for yourself or maybe even just 30 minutes if you've got kids at home and you can't afford an hour and check in with you and spend some time taking care of you because the only way you can take care of others is if you're doing all right yourself. That's good. I love it. Well, that's it for today's episode. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Future Belongs to Creators. If you didn't pick it up from the show, we make a tool called ConvertKit where we're on a mission to help creators earn a living by building software that helps you build an audience of loyal fans. If you want to give ConvertKit a try, you can go to landingpage.new to launch your next creative project. You'll be able to build a landing page and send emails for up to 500 subscribers totally for free. So again, that's landingpage.new. You can get started with your free ConvertKit account today.